Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hello, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Uh, what I do is I help couples rekindle passion. I help couples heal from crises, mainly things such as betrayal and infidelity. I also do a lot of trauma work. I help individuals uh, heal from uh, childhood or adult trauma using EMDR, which is a wonderful trauma processing, uh, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. <clears throat> I also work a lot with relationships that are toxic and try to free them from toxicity. And sometimes I work with individuals to help free them from toxic situations, toxic families. Uh, one element, one kind of toxicity is what I want to talk to you about today. And that is when the child parents the parent. And uh, I see adults, I don't see children. And oftentimes I will see an adult who has a very hard time relaxing who has a very hard time letting people be there for her or him. And that much of the time, not always, but much of the time you could trace their childhood origins to that they didn't have a parent that was big for them, that there wasn't a parent that could regulate their own emotions in such a way that uh, they were able to tune into the, the child's needs on a, on a regular basis, uh, much more times than they weren't tuning in. There is actually a word, attunement, that I use a lot in my therapy, in my teaching, in my couples work. Attunement is when you can respond in a way that makes the person who's having that experience feel like you see me, you get me, you notice me. And so when a parent is attuned to the child on a, on a consistent basis, the child gets the sense that my needs matter. You're, you're tuned into me. I feel alive. I feel real. I feel real. I, I think that's really the way to say that, that my inner feelings matter. My desires matter. I may not always get what I want. My, my mom doesn't always say yes, or my dad doesn't always say yes, but they get me. Uh, and uh, it's okay to have wants and needs and to be a person who wants things, because all of us want things. We, we're wanting machines, we get up wanting, we want approval, we want love, we want connection, we want food, we want a toy, we want uh, whatever we want, but there's a lot of wanting, and, and, and wanting is human and, and, and normal. Um, so though there are people that are born into families where for whatever reason, it could be that there's a lot of stress, or that there's alcohol or drugs around, or that there's a lot of uh, marital discord between the parents that puts the parent in a constant dysregulated state. They can't regulate themselves very well at all. And they have a child. And that baby's born and uh, they do the best they can. But as the child gets to be, could be as early as two or three or four that your child is already getting in touch with my 
my mom, I'm going to say mom, it could be any parent or any caretaker, but I'm going to say mom for language sake. My mom is depressed all the time. I need to cheer her up. Now, why does the child need to cheer his or her mother up? It's because the child feels insecure with the mother depressed or anxious or preoccupied all the time. They need to feel that their parent is in good shape. So what do they do? They try to take care of their parent. It's survival. It's a survival impulse. I need to take care of my mom because my mom can't take care of herself. So I need to take care of her. She needs my help. There's a high cost to a child doing that as a child. The, the child um, is really deprived of a childhood. They oftentimes will go and play. They'll, have, they'll manage to have friends, but their mind isn't free. They're constantly concerned with mom uh, and oftentimes spend a lot of time thinking about mom even when mom's not there. And of course, when they're with mom, they, they spend their time making sure mom's okay. I'm going to be good. I'm not going to do anything that upsets my mom. So that, of course, is not human. Uh, that is not natural, I should say. Um, it's not natural for children to be good all the time. They, you know, when children born in healthy families, they, they could be good. They could I mean, what does that mean? They, they could they could follow the rules. But there's a part of them that is naturally curious and wants to challenge the rules. But when you have a parent that needs regulating, then you don't really have the luxury of acting on those impulses because the last thing you want to do is dysregulate your parent more. But what happens is you have to be nice and you, you can't be sometimes a pain. And that's a problem, as I'll explain in a little later. The child uh, tends to sometimes have less friends or doesn't do as many things because they want to be close to home to make sure mom's okay. So there are, there is, um, there's also a, a learned response of being what we call an avoidant attachment style where they are always self-regulating. They don't let their mommy regulate. They, was, they learned on, or early on that mom can't do it. So that's a problem. Now this child then, who has a lot of pressure on himself or herself to be good, to be tuned in and sensitive, to be perfect sometimes, to not make a mistake that'll upset mom more, that they grow up into adults that are, can be nervous or anxious themselves. They, they have a very hard time just relaxing, sitting back, doing nothing, goofing off. Um, it's hard for them to be what I oftentimes call a lovable pain in the ass. You know, I think that one of the things that we all need to do is frustrate others. It's not that that's our intent, but when we're healthy, when we're living from our true genuine self, and let's say we're in a marriage, we're going to oftentimes want something different than a partner. And we're not going to always be so agreeable because we learned as a child that our needs matter. But if you're a child who as a child, if you're an adult who as a child parented your parent, and probably still are as an adult, seems to keep going that way, then what you learn really early on is that 
you have to be strong all the time. And so everybody's needs are more important than yours. And your job is to put aside your needs and to take care of them. So you're not frustrating, just like you didn't feel like you could afford to frustrate your mother. You also feel like you can't afford to frustrate your partner or your friend or whoever it is that we're talking about here. So when they come, when an adult comes to see me, I oftentimes have to help them find their lovable pain in the ass part of themselves. I have to help them discover what they want and unlearn this idea that it's their job to make sure everybody else is happy because it's a big price they pay. They give up too much of themselves. And ultimately, a lot of these people uh, end up acting out the opposite. So it's sometimes they can hang on to this, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, but oftentimes that doesn't work and they start to be, they could be, they could be aggressive, they could be mean. Um, but also they could all, oftentimes, like uh, this current client I'm seeing now, uh, we'll call his name uh, Artie. And Artie, um, Artie is someone who uh, lost his father when he was very young. He has a sister as well. And both kids uh, discovered soon after dad died, like he was the youngest of the two, so he was really young when his father died, that mother just couldn't handle it. Mother was depressed. Mother was anxious. Mother was overwhelmed. And so he learned how to take care of his mom, and he did a good job of it. And he uh, grew up as an adult uh, thinking he had to regulate other people. He tended to uh, attract into his love life women who, who were needy or impulsive that he had to regulate and manage. And yet they really weren't able to be there for him. He, he wasn't there for him, and he attracted people that weren't there for him. He was too busy being there for everyone else. And then his way of dealing with that stress was maybe through drinking or through pornography. Uh, but again, there were, it was uh, um, poor substitutes for learning how to allow others to be there for him. So some of the work I'm doing with him is to help him uh, allow people to be strong for him. He can be strong for them, that's fine. But also uh, that person needs to be strong for him. And some, and he uh, uh, parallel to that is he doesn't need to always be perfect. If he's anxious, for example, and he can't perform sexually because he's always had this pressure he had to do good, then he's learning he could share. Hey, I'm having some issues. I get nervous. You know, I, I mean, he could say whatever he wants, but he could say, I, I grew up thinking I had to regulate everybody else and make everyone else feel good, and so now I'm learning how to just be myself. And sometimes this is a symptom of me not having this pattern of just being myself. And I just need from you more than anything else. Just accept me as I am and be there for me and love me as I am. Now that's what we're working on. And that's what, if he can do that, uh, he, and he can do that, uh, and he is doing that. And we're going to help have him do that even more, uh, that he's going to have what we call the corrective emotional experience, where his life isn't about parenting everybody. That he can be strong, but he could be vulnerable. I wouldn't even call that weak, but being vulnerable, letting someone be there for you, makes you stronger. If you always need someone else to soothe you, 
that's not fully strong. But if you never can allow someone to soothe you, that's not fully strong either. And these people who parented their parents have to unlearn their this this role in life, and they have to learn to be vulnerable, to practice saying, hey, I don't have my act together here. That's all right. Help me out. Accept me. Love me. Listen to me. This is what I need from you. And it's okay to ask for what you want. It's okay, again, to be a lovable pain in the ass, which means frustrating someone that they need to regulate themselves sometimes. It's not always about you regulating them. And it's not all about you regulating you. Let others regulate them and let others regulate you. Uh, that's kind of how it works. Kind of both are important. That's what's called a secure attachment style. When you can be in a, per, in a relationship, it's called an earned secure attachment when both partners in a relationship can be there for each other. And that I don't always have to be regulating myself. I can let you regulate me. And of course, I could practice regulating myself too. So it's, it's a both. It's a I and a you thing. So I just want to share that about how, um, what, how that happens. Again, attuning is an important word, attuning to oneself. Well, what is it I need? What is it that I feel? This is something that I ask people like in Audie's shoes uh, to learn to practice doing. You know, what do I need? Let me tune into myself and let me teach my partner or teach my friends how to tune into me as well. In other words, let me make my needs known and let them know that I want them to be there for me. That's hard at first for someone whose survival depended on always being strong together and taking care of others. I understand that. But that's really not how we're wired. And we have to oftentimes take that leap of faith and practice being both strong and vulnerable. Thanks for listening. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.